following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. March 10th, if you had the date in the pool of when I had my Christmas lights down. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just took them down today. Wow. Yep, well, you had that you had that first nice day, was it last week or over the weekend? I'm not doing that anything constructive. I'm going to enjoy it. Sure. Not going to work. Okay. So today it was, it was pretty nice. Finally got those down, got the garage cleaned up. I'm sure your neighbors are very happy about that. I didn't have them on. There's there are still people on Milton Avenue I'm driving to work that have their Christmas lights on. Isn't that something? I don't get that. No, I don't get it either. Welcome to the Intentional Foul for this week, Josh and Dan. Uh, back again. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing. Tell your friends. We appreciate it as we head into March Madness coming in, and that's what we're kind of going to lead with. We'll talk some college hoops along with some NBA. Uh, we'll touch on uh, Major League Baseball as well. Not really much to talk about uh, in the NFL. Um, yeah, because I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. No, I don't want to <laughs> I mean, talk I, about uh, Phil Rivers. No, I don't care about don't, any of these, no, and these free agency and no. the deal and who showed it and the 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 Aaron Rodgers not showing up to the vote or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't I, I don't care. No, just don't care. New league year starts in a couple weeks, I think, and then free agency, and that's great. Let me know when somebody lands somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's all I care about. I I pretty much, after the Super Bowl, it's like, I'll pay attention, like you said, I'll pay attention to if the Bears sign somebody or the Packers sign somebody, I'll pay attention very little to the draft. And then it's just kind of like, wake me up at the end of August. When training camp, you know, yeah. when the games start, right. I, I officially, just, yeah. I, yeah, I just this other everything else, I kind of just, I'm kind of the same way with the Brewers in spring training. I up until really yesterday, I paid no attention to it at all. What made yesterday different? Because uh, we're about the midway point. The week start or the opening day starts in about two weeks. For, well, two weeks from Thursday. Yep. So I just kind of figured I better better kind of. Get everything in my mind of who's there and kind of just see who's doing well in spring training. I know RC has hit some homers, but other than that, I hadn't really paid much attention. So No, the only thing that I've really kind of paid attention to is that the pitchers have been good. Hader took his first loss, and Logan Morrison and Arcia have hit home yeah, runs. Yeah, that's about it. And they made their first roster reductions on Monday, and there were really no surprises, right. really, except right. for a couple of the top prospects, Ursig and Corey Ray both headed down yeah so all right um we'll start with the mass hysteria um as bill murray said in ghostbusters and the media is now banned from all locker rooms and all the major sports that are competing right now the nba major league baseball the nhl and major league soccer they they, they have reporters for major league soccer I'm sure everybody has uh-huh. stringers for uh-huh. something okay people got to have jobs i guess i don't know. Um, but I don't, like somebody said, <laughs> when you have something like athletes that are in close quarters, getting in close contact, sweating all over each other. Using the same towels, wa- right, water, water bottles, bottles, stuff like that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're keeping the media out because you're worried. What did you just do for the last hour or two on the court? Yeah. Or on the ice? That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it, it no, none of this does. I mean, it to me, this has been a complete overreaction by these leagues. I mean, I I know there was a reporter in the USA Today that wrote an article today uh, about I always like that. Basically, the leagues have been dying to do this for a very long time to get the media out of locker rooms. Oh, right. And this is definitely a, an excuse to be able to do that. And not let them have it back. Right. Yep. And they can use it as a safety, a yep. health issue. Absolutely. I, I personally have never understood why the media needs to be in the locker room anyway. 
I mean, most of these teams, Aaron Rodgers standing at the podium after a football game is just as valuable as him sitting there half naked in a towel. I I read some national media person, and I can't remember who it was, but they said the problem was when you didn't get access, and this was back in the day of when newspapers were big, and newspapers are not doing well right now, but the ones that still exist have deadlines. And when you have to wait for the players to go through their routine and then come out, whether it's Rodgers or anybody else, you don't have access to them for sometimes half hour, 45 minutes, an hour after the game. You're pushing your deadline. You're not going to get your story. In. Yeah. So they they need those quotes right away to go do their story. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the modern athlete was more uh, willing to um, maybe go right to the podium sure. after the game and forego the immediate you know, mm-hmm. treatment or whatever, and, and maybe postpone it 15, 20 minutes if that gets these people out of the locker room. Because I don't think any athlete enjoys talking and, talking and, to yeah. it, having to get dressed. You're sweating. You're well, just coming out of the shower. Cam like, Newton's got to put on his, his outfit afterwards. Exactly. You know? You know? <laughs> so, but but this particular thing, I, I it just seems like a, a big-time overreaction. Yep. I've seen, you know... I did some I did some amateur research on the coronavirus as we know it today, mm-hmm. and most of the experts are saying it's an airborne thing. So even yeah, okay, you're going to take the media out of the locker room. That's fine, but they're still going into some kind kind of an area. I saw LeBron getting interviewed at the Lakers practice facility today, and there was like a semicircle of media around him, probably ten feet back. What does that do? What does that do? And as an audio guy, as we sit here talking well, into he, microphones, he was talking into microphones. Oh, he was but, okay. But still, it's like, what is what is being ten feet? But ten feet doesn't isn't the distance that the virus dies if it's airborne. Right. Like if it's in the air, it's in the air. Right. So this whole, I don't know. I did it, he change his tune a little bit because he was pretty adamant about you know I play for the fans and if we don't have any fans in the, in the arena, I'm just not going to play. This is what we do. Has he now? I th- I think he's walked that back a little bit. I mean, I know I know you're a LeBron guy. Well, I mean, David Copperfield's not going to make a car disappear if there's nobody to see it disappear. Right. I mean, we got to be able to have you got to in order to have the show, you got to have the people there to clap, right? That's right. And that's what LeBron's all about is the clap, but <laughs> uh, not the one you're thinking of. But maybe both. Uh huh. But yeah, I think I read today that he said he would he would take it under consideration or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's one of those things. And this is, this is Adam Silver's NBA in a nutshell. David Stern would have just said, you, you can sit out. Right. Absolutely. But, but the game is going to be played. Right. You're not going to tell me the commissioner of the league, whether or not we're playing the game. Right. So if the Lakers are fine with you not playing and they're going to pay you to not play, that's on, that's, that's an organizational thing. Mm-hmm. But for him to say, I ain't playing. Well, Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> How's that paycheck going to be if yeah. you're if you're not going to show up? Well, and not only that, but because he is the quote unquote leader and voice of the league, the league doesn't want to hear that because then you're going to have Damian Lillard on Portland, and you're going to have you're going to yes, have that's right. Giannis, and you're going to yep. have uh, whoever Russell Westbrook, and they're they're like, well, if he ain't playing, I ain't playing, right? Yep, and that's exactly what they don't want. So, um. Yeah, I, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this afternoon, the Ivy League yep. has canceled their conference tournament and are going to grandfather in Penn into the NCAA tournament because Penn won the regular Yale. season. Oh, I thought it was Penn. Okay. Maybe it's Yale. Um, but, yeah, yeah, they won the regular season. Yeah. They get the bid. Right. Congratulations. To everybody else that had a shot in the tournament, too bad. The players on the other teams in the Ivy League have already started a petition for that to be changed because it's absolutely ridiculous. Why Why can the Ivy League team that's going to the NCAA tournament play in an arena next week, but you can't play it this right week? Now. Yeah. Um, I had read that the reason why they're not doing the empty arena thing is has something to do with an insurance policy that the conference has where they don't get they don't get any money as a league if there's no fans. Something along those that would lines. Make sense. Well, yeah, but these things are still on TV, so you would think you would get, you get something, at least some deals. Yes. Um, so that's one of the things that they were 
talking about with the Ivy. Then I just saw on Twitter Mike Heller had had tweeted that the MAC, which is headquartered in Ohio, mm-hmm. and the Big West have all have come out this afternoon and said they're going to have their conference tournament with only um, needed personnel, so no fans. Like, they're going to allow parents to go. They're going to have the radio people, the TV people. But again, okay, you don't have 10,000, but if you have 200, yep. it doesn't matter. It's still a bunch of people in a confined space. I, I don't well, that's, some get of the, this logic. Some of the other events they were talking about in some states, and I can't remember where I saw that had banned, they had banned events with people that number over 1,000. And Ohio's governor... Had they they hadn't officially done it, he had recommended it, and the MAC because they're headquartered and their tournament is in Ohio are following suit with the recommendation of not having these large gatherings. But you know, Barkley kind of put it the best today. He's like, "What do they think? People are just going to stay home? Like we're just not going to do anything anywhere? Right? Like nobody's going to go to a restaurant? Yeah. You're going to close all the restaurants? You're going to close every school? School's. If you close a school, guess what? Like 35% of the working uh, people in this country that have children work in the medical can't. field. So what are, you, what are they going to do and with their kids? People can't go to work because nobody's going to be having d- that much daycare available either. Harvard, so did you see what Harvard did today? Mm-mm. They told their student body, you got four days. Pack your shit up. Clear out your dorm. Get off campus. We'll see you after spring break. How long until spring break? Uh, a couple weeks. No way. And I saw some people online, some students from Harvard. One kid was like, I- I'm from I- Jamaica. I don't have anywhere to go. Right. I can't get I a can't plane. Just, I- I'm on a visa. I can't just come and go right. as I please. Like y- The dorm is my house. Right. You just kicked me out of my house. So I don't know, man. I don't know where this is going. Um, it seems like everybody is really uh, overreacting to a bad strain of the <clears throat> flu. That's it. Um, Darren Ravel keeps tweeting out every day what the cases of the coronavirus are and how many have died, and then below how many cases of influenza have been diagnosed this year and how many have died. Just for a comparison. It's not even close. No, it's not. It's not. And I understand if you're of a certain age group, mm-hmm. you are more susceptible and it is more dangerous yep. to you. Yep. But then those are the people that need to be worried. Everybody else, yeah, if you get it, I mean. It's going to suck if you get it. You're going to be sick for a week. It's going to suck. You're going to have fevers. You're going to probably have puke and have the runs and all that crap. Yes, that's right. But you're not, I mean, 99.999% you're not going to die. You're not frail. No. That's right. So So I, but, and, you know, this is what. This is this is the part that bothers me is that people are blaming the mass media. Well, they're a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And they they are because this this is the age that we're in mm-hmm. is that you want those headlines for people to click. And 100%. you want people to see and you see the headline, I have to watch this. And whether you like that or not, John Barry on Facebook, <laughs> it's a fact. I mean, and it's not so much like I'm not saying like CBS is purposefully fear mongering, but they have people on that are opinion people that aren't necessarily the most qualified or the real true experts. Cause the people that you really want to hear from, they're in the lab, right? They're working on a vaccine. They're trying to figure this shit out. We're not hearing from the real people. No, we're some, hearing from people seven times removed. Somebody had posted something about here are the, you know, because we're in the internet age of everybody wants to do, like you had mentioned the amateur research, they had posted the like top 10 links that you go to that don't overreact, that give you the facts, <laughs> yes, yes. that information. And you know what? None of them were major media news sites. Joe Rogan today on his podcast had a guy that classified himself as an infectious disease detective and he works for some government agency and he was just talking about it and he basically said like it's gonna suck and yeah if you can avoid large gatherings that's fine but like how long are you prepared to do this because this is gonna last three to six months it's not gonna die off in the summer because it gets hot right um, so are we just going to stop living lives in America for six months I don't think that's gonna happen so, and sporting events are kind of at the forefront of this because with March Madness and all these tournaments in the next two weeks, and you're going to have, and I mean, think about it. If you have a regional in, in, uh, New Jersey and it's 
Duke, Wisconsin, UCLA, and Idaho. You're pulling in people from both from coasts. four corners that's, of the country right. and some in the center of the country. So it's like, I understand you are basically creating a human Petri dish, but that's one of those things where I think you have to still, we're still Americans. This is still a free country. You have to leave it up to the individual to know, am I the, if I get it, am I healthy enough to deal with Withstand it? Withstand it, right. So that's old right. people. You can't go, no. man. Sorry. No. Age discrimination or not, you can't go. That's one of those, and, and, and it sucks, but that was one of those things in those nursing homes and those retirement villages. Yeah. Maybe they are going to have to batten down the hatches mm-hmm. for a while. Maybe you're not going to go to the Elks Lodge. You can't go see grandma for two weeks. Right. Maybe you're not going to be able to go play bingo, or maybe you're not going to go. We see a lot of elderly people come to high school games. Yes. Maybe correct. Maybe you're not going to be able to do that. Maybe you're not going to be able to go to some gathering. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking about, you know, birth birthdays, funerals, all kinds of stuff where there's more than 10 people around, maybe you're just not going to be able to go. Right. And if you're willing to do that for, you know, three, like you said, three to six months, you probably got a good shot of coming out on this. Mm -hmm. But how much do you want to sacrifice? Right. You want to go to one little event for fear of dying? It's up to you. (laughs) Right. You can do it. I mean, people, but that's the thing. It's like, people jump off buildings and shit and free fall and bungee jump and like, Skydive. Everything, everything yes. is a risk. Yes. We're all taking risks every right. time we wake up and walk outside yes. in the morning. So, um, my my Vegas trip next week is yeah, it's not up in the air, but there's there's been some talk between pops and I about yeah. you know because he's up there, he's over sixty, and I got a I got a grandpa that we see all the time that's in his high eighties and. And, uh, you know, my mom's over 60 now, and it's like, you know, I don't want to go to Vegas and get that and bring it back here and infect somebody I care about, but it's probably not going to happen. No. Nope. So I, I'm Again, just, CDC says yeah. very low risk yeah, for somebody The, the risk is in the airplane. Oh, the, for the, with, sure. With the recycled air. Yes. That's the risk. Once I'm on the ground in Vegas and I'm going in and out of casinos and stuff, like, I probably ain't going to go to the buffet. No. But- the risk is pretty low. Traveling out of country, cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, yeah. which recycle there, right? Yeah. Don't just don't do it. No. All right. Um, we both agreed we don't really have anything in the NFL. I mean, Dak Prescott. That was about the only headline that I saw. They they offered him and they extended the franchise tag. I saw that today. They the the deadline was going to be on Thursday. They extended it to Monday. Mm-hmm. Did you get a reason why? I did not. Okay. Um, they offered Prescott $33 million a year, 100 guaranteed. Yeah. And he has to decide by franchise time. Otherwise, they are going to use the tag, which <laughs> you and I talked about it on last week's podcast, maybe even, even prior to that. That's an obscene amount of money for a quarterback that is just above average. Do we know what the tag is? Do you know? I thought it was going to be eighteen point five. See, I would tag him. I would do. I would do to Dak what they did to Kirk Cousins in in Washington. Um, I don't. I, you're good. You're you're yeah. good. You're you're top half in the league. You're gonna help us. You you can help us win. We can make the playoffs with you. We might even be able to make and win a Super Bowl with you because we got a really good team. But I just I don't know that you're worth a third of our money. Because I just don't think you can carry us to where we want to go. Because when you give him that money, and we've talked about this too, and you've seen it with other teams, you're going to lose guys. Yes. You, there's going to be guys that you need that you can't afford, and you're going to take a step back as a franchise. Um, I think the way that it seems like college football now is churning out these quarterbacks more than ever before, yep. especially guys that can play right away, I don't know that unless a guy was – really, really, really special like Mahomes or like Rodgers was or something like that, I don't know that I'd give any of these guys long-term deals. Here's a question, and, and we can jump off uh, off the, uh, the, the, the game plan for this because I saw it today, and it kind of fits into this conversation. There was a, a tweet from a guy that I used to work with at ESPN Madison, and it says, I'm always going to side with the player trying to get paid as much as possible. The owners will be fine. If they can't afford the team, they can sell for a profit. Most fans are quote-unquote players, not owners in their lives. It surprises me when fans side with owners 
who do you side with? Well, yeah, but the the flip side of that logic is that then you have the Major League Baseball structure where the Yankees can have $300 million payrolls and the Marlins have 30. So I, I get I, I understand what you're saying about siding with the player because we're we're in this era right now where like somehow you know twenty seven million dollars a year you're just a disenfranchised athlete right which is just uh, insulting frankly like yeah Jerry Jones is a billionaire but you know what Jerry Jones could sell could have never bought the Cowboys and still been a billionaire because of of his career mm-hmm. so you know. I just don't think you can pay these guys uh, inorbitant amounts of money and effectively run your franchise. We've just never really seen that work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it worked a little bit with the Yankees, but, like, when they had crazy payrolls, they were not winning World Series. Right. You know? Spending money on players doesn't necessarily translate to winning Not at all. And I, I guess from my vantage point, I look at some of the mega contracts that are handed out, and I would agree. To me, it's different in the NFL than it is in a lot of the other sports because of the volatility of length of careers. Mm-hmm. Because they they vary lifespan or career spans are very short. Um, one injury could derail the, you know, you need to get your money now in case you get injured. But at the same time, most players don't want to be on teams that suck. Mm-hmm. They get, like you said, disenfranchised, they get grumpy, they get angry, they get frustrated, and then they want to leave. Well, you get into a situation, I'm not saying all teams do this, you get into a situation where one player thinks that they are the most valuable player to their team, and whether they're right or not, they demand so much money that it hurts the team's ability the way that salary caps are structured, that the team has a really hard time of putting quality players around mm-hmm. them. Now, whether you're in baseball, whether you want to pay a luxury tax, and most teams don't, the Yankees seem to not mind because it increase, still increases their chances of winning World Series, which is the most important thing to them. Right. But to me, if you're a player, there's a point where you can get your money, and you can see this with athletes, just locally in, in the state, Braun and Yelich. They could have gotten more money on the open market, potentially. They chose not to. They chose security over lucrativeness and comfort yes they liked it where they were so they chose that and they also chose the ability to give the brewers i mean the the brewers are deferring four million dollars a year of yelich's contract they're going to be paying him until he's 50 Mm -hmm. there he's allowing them to do that so they can go out and spend money on other players because he realizes that it's a small market team they not they're not going to just throw checks around everybody and he wants to field a competitive team. He wants to win a World Series. He knows that if he takes the maximum amount out of their pocket that he can, they're probably not going to do much. And, yeah, you have money, but you're not winning any games. And and athletes want to win. I think they, they, they want to be comfortable with how much they want to make, but they also want to win. So I'm, I'm not going to say, in response to Jim's tweet, I'm not going to side all the time with the players. But I think there's a point where a player says, this is enough. I want to make sure we can be competitive. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it's an all or nothing situation. And I think that the players and and you know people that have the same line of thinking that that your former colleague here has, you have to understand that these franchises are businesses, right? And businesses have budgets. and businesses have departments within them that have their own individual budgets. We both work for companies, and most of the people listening here, if they don't work for themselves, they work for a company. And there's a lot of times, I mean, every company, you're, the, the people you work for could spend more. Sure, The people could. I work for could spend more, but that doesn't mean that they should or have to right. just because we want them to because they're in business, and you're in business to make money. And it's always about keeping your operating costs as low as possible and having the highest uh, profit margin that you can have. And these baseball, basketball, football teams are no different. The one thing that I wonder the most that we can't really speak to because we're not pro athletes, are we going to get in a situation where you're paying Dak Prescott 33 to $35 million a year and you're paying other guys who are really good on the team $2 bucks? And when does that resentment kick in? Because if you know anything about athletes, 
They got big egos and they got a lot of pride. And nobody, if you're if you're paying the five guys on the line blocking for your quarterback a combined fifteen million bucks, and your quarterback's making two million bucks a game, I just think there's, you're going to reach a breaking point with players where the inequity is going to be so large that the bottom half of the league is going to go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right? Like we're 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 the we we've now basically turned into the America that half the country just supposedly dislikes. Where the grunts make nothing, and the elites make all the money. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that breaking point is, but you got to figure it somewhere. But they can keep getting away with it because there are always guys that are willing to get that opportunity to play for less. Yes, yes. And 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 the owners will keep paying them sure. because if somebody holds out, there's another guy right behind that that is killing for that job. Yeah. That says, "I will take half or a third of what you were going to pay that guy." And I will go do that job for you. you now they you, won't be you, as good. Yeah, you just wonder if the quality goes Correct. down. Yep. But but you have these guys that, you know, you, you have another layer. I mean, you can go get a bunch of homeless guys off the street right. to build your car, but do you want to buy that car? Right. Not if, not, I, I'm not saying I don't want to buy it because they're homeless. I'm saying I don't want to buy it because they probably don't know how to build the car. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean... I don't know. Anyway, Common I, sense. I, I thought that was that was at least pertinent to our to our discussion. What we were talking about. I just saw that today from Jim. Um, you want to hit this uh, this uh, Giannis little brother thing? Sure. I I mean it was brought to my attention. I saw the video and I I just breezed past it. Um, and I only watched it once. You watched it multiple times. Um, high school age brother of Giannis. What's his name? Uh. Not Costas. Uh, I thought how many are how many brothers four. are there? Are there four? I so, can't remember. So, so he's whichever he, ones at, at Whitefish it's, Bay Dominican. Not Costas. Not the Nessus. Right. Okay. It's the other it's, one. Yeah. He was restrained after a game by from going after the referees, and I don't know any of the context. It was posted on WISN um, over over in Milwaukee because he plays for for Whitefish Bay Dominican, and he. Uh, he, he had to be restrained once. He peeled around, took off his jersey, went after him again, and he was mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, physically, he looked like he was ready to hurt those guys. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we have seen we've seen officials not necessarily get threatened, but we've heard our share of trash talk. We've never seen anything close to that. No. From a parent or a player. No. In, in the four and a half to five years that we've been doing ball games, So... You brought up a good point before we started taping um, in the fact that, you know, his what his brother doesn't realize because it's hard to be critical of high school He's kids 16. because they're kids. Yeah. Their minds and their attitudes are emotional are not developed. Yeah, they're just they're unbalanced. But at the same time, you've got big brother up there, the reigning MVP that has a brand right. and your last name is now linked your last name is his last name. When, when you, you get do, in trouble, it affects correct. him. Yes, that's right. And, uh, yeah, and just for a little bit of context, Whitefish Bay Dominican, for those who don't know, is a private school over by Milwaukee that has been a, I think they're Division three or four. They're okay. a powerhouse. Yes. They have won multiple state titles over the years. Diamond Stone's kind of one yep, of their famous alumni. So that's where Giannis's little brother plays. They were playing at home the other night in the – Regional final yep. against Brown Deer. They lost by one in triple overtime. Oh, I didn't even know that. And they lost on three free throws on a very, very questionable call at the end of the game. Okay. So the emotion is understandable. Yes. The reaction was ridiculous. Yep. I mean, I, I saw that and, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, like we if, saw if, McCarthy go after the refs at a game yeah, in Green Bay. He, he was just, just walking. Right. He, he was just, just walking. Him and was just just popping off. This was this was like if I can get my hands on you, I'm going to punch you. Yes. Type of reaction. So, um, there was that, and then there was a, a different game. Uh, I think it was the Milwaukee King game, where some uh, allegedly a referee was hit in the forehead by a water bottle that was half full. Somebody threw out of the stands. They didn't hear about this one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, talk about playing games with no fans in them. Right. I mean, but the 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 thing with Giannis's brother really had nothing to do with the fans. But I don't know, man. It's just the first thing I thought of was last week 
Marcus Smart of the Celtics had oh, a yeah. similar situation where he was sticking his finger in the ref's face. That going escalated after quickly. Him, had to be restrained. And, you know, uh, I'm usually I'm, – I'm not one of these guys that, you know, oh, athletes should be role models and all that. <laughs> but I will say, the NBA needs to fix the constant complaining of, to the referees. If you – I don't know how many people watched the Buck-Laker game on Friday night. LeBron – James complains the entire game. Whether he's called for a foul, whether somebody on his team's called for a foul, whether he doesn't get a foul he thinks should have been called, it's constant complaining. Every dead ball, every free throw, he's standing next to the referee, he's pleading a case, he's politicking, and it's not just him. He just happens to be one of the worst. Chris Paul is terrible at that. Paul George is terrible at that. They got to cut that out because kids see this mm-hmm. and when you have these these situations like Marcus Smart the other day going after the referee and yeah he got fined but like nobody nobody went on TV and said he was a jerk and out of line and he, he wasn't suspended and anything bad happened he was just fined well there has to be a bigger deterrent if you're going to allow it but I just think I think the casual basketball fan because you can't do that in high school. You can't do that in college. You're going to get teed up and you're going to get thrown out of the game. And I understand at the pro level, you don't want to be throwing the stars out of the game. But it just gets to a point as a fan where it's like, come on. You know, like it's blatant. You blatantly slap the guy across the arm and you're going to go complain about that. And you're trying to complain about it because three plays before you think you got slapped. So then the next time down, they blow the whistle on one that's maybe not a foul because it's no, no, no. You can't do that. So I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what's going to happen to Giannis's brother. I will because he's only a junior. So he'll be back next year. Um, Probably miss a couple games. You would think something will have to happen to him, and especially with them being a private school. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of they kind of have to for appearance sake for sure. Um, so I don't know. That'll be something to follow. Check out. All right, let's move to uh, college hoops. As um, it's championship week, they've been the tournaments have been going on since last week. Um, selection Sunday, obviously coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll start with the Badgers. They finish in a tie for first with the Big Ten. They move up to 18th. They've won eight in a row to finish the regular season. They beat Northwestern and Indiana last week, and they're the number one seed for the fifth time in the Big Ten tournament, and uh, they play the winner of Michigan and Rutgers, who plays on Thursday. Big mm-hmm. Ten tournament starts tomorrow mm-hmm. with a couple of games that are bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very bad. Um, yeah, I... I don't really know how to feel about this Badger team. Um, I mean, good for them for for getting a share first. You know, three way tie. Um, they split with Michigan State. They only got they only had to play Maryland once. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had said that in the car ride home the other day. It's that you don't have to play a lot of the tough teams twice. Yeah, does and, that sort of cheapen it for you? A, a little. I I just don't like these leagues where you don't play everybody the same amount, mm-hmm. and and it's the same thing in college football that they have some of these. Um, I don't know how you can win the Big Ten when you don't play everybody in the Big Ten for football. It's just well, but, it's, but whatever. It's divisions, and at least yeah. you get a championship. Game. I I know, but whatever. I I just. You know, it seems like the Badgers a couple of times, and I'm not picking on the Badgers, so calm down, Badger fans. I just noticed this because we live here. It seems like a couple times that they have won the league, this has happened where, you know, it's them in Michigan State. They only play Michigan State once, and they get them in Madison, and that's kind of what happened with Maryland this year. I I would venture to say if they played them a second time later in the year in Maryland, Maryland would have won the game because they're a better team. Um, but... It doesn't matter. They tied for first. They get a share. They get the number one seed off of some tiebreaker that's probably too complicated to explain. Um, Guard got coach of the year, which was very much well-deserved. Nobody on all conference. First or second. They 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 had a they had a third they had a couple of third teamers. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if that says more about the Badgers or less about the league. I, I don't I don't think I've ever seen a Power Six conference champion not have all conference players. 
It's just bizarre. I don't think it's ever happened in the Big Ten. It's bizarre, right? Like, if you win your league, chances are you either have the best guy or one of the best guys. Mm -hmm. Or you have just an ensemble cast of a couple really good guys and then some helpers. But I don't know. That's just kind of weird to me. People have taken this opportunity to absolutely beat into the ground the whole team you know, um, everybody has their role. Everybody helps out. This is we play for everybody, and that and that may be true, and but and and that might be reflective of the coach or the system or what have you. But it, that's one of those things where, well, obviously we well yeah the Badger we get it the Badger program, with the exception of like two or three years in the last twenty plus, have always been were uh, greater or the sum is greater than, than the, the parts. parts right so. That's not, this isn't too surprising, I guess, in that way. But I mean, usually, like I said, usually if you win the conference, you're going to have somebody on first team. And if not that, then definitely second team. So that was a little bizarre. But um, I don't know what their chances now are in the tournament. And well, I guess it doesn't matter because they're already in. They can yeah, finish no sure. worse than fourth. I, I think right now Bracketology has them as a four. I think the only way they get off the four line is to win the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. and I think they would have to probably beat Michigan State in the final to move up um, because they have ten losses. Uh, you know, And some of them are before Potter. I understand that, but ten losses is a lot for a top three seed. Well, isn't Michigan State and Maryland both on the bottom, so they got to go through one of them. Right, and I think Maryland's the highest-seeded team out of the Big Ten I've seen, and there are three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've got some good non-conference wins, which I think is what, what vaults them up there. But I, I think the Badgers are going to have a tough one Friday morning. I think uh, Michigan-Rutgers uh, winner is going to be tough. Um, they just beat Michigan on the road. Yep. They recently beat Rutgers, Rutgers at, at home. home. Yep. But they were both pretty close games. For sure. And I think, you know, in both of those teams have more talent than the Badgers do. So I, you know, if if Michigan plays up to their potential, they're better than the Badgers. Uh, but the Badgers have a tendency to kind of bring you down a little bit because of their style of play and and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I would be surprised if they won the tur- Big Ten tournament. I just would. Same. Um, to to beat three, you, you know, you're gonna have to beat like Michigan, Rutgers, then like Iowa, and then either Maryland or or Michigan, or Michigan State. State. I, that's a pretty tough Tall order. To hold. Yeah. Um, especially when you don't have, you know, stars. Mm-hmm. You know, usually in these short tournament runs is kind of when the team with the best players usually. That's why Michigan State has won this so many times. Right, because so they got the best more, guys. More often than not, they got the best guys. Right. And when you're playing three days in a row. And you got one of the best coaches. Yeah, it, it usually this works is how out it works. Well, so. um, you I see you're wearing your Marquette shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It was at the top of the top of the drawer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it. Has been a, a little bit of a rough season and really a rough end of the season uh, for the Golden Eagles. They've lost four out of their last five. They lost to DePaul uh, by one. They lost to St. John's by two. You've got the leading scorer in the nation, Marcus Howard, who made All Big East, All American, and now they're the sixth seed in the Big East tourney. And they've got Seton Hall, which you lo- you said you've well, gone on record as liking. They're the best team in the Big East. Um, they just ended up. They lost a game late and via some tiebreakers ended up the three seed. But yeah, this is probably the team I would want them to play the least because <laughs> uh, I just don't see any way. They just can't match up with Seton Hall. They're too big. Is that a central time tip off? 930? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. I mean, I'm not Kornheiser who goes to bed at seven well, o'clock, it's, but it's, holy piss. It's, well, no, that no, I think that is that is Eastern. Okay. It'll be eight thirty right. or twenty minutes after the right, first, first game, game in. Right, so you never right. know how that's going to work no, that's out, true. as our high school <laughs> season will tell us. That's but right. yeah, this Marquette team has really disappointed me. Um, during the season, they were they really showed a lot of improvement and were playing well. And then again, just like last year, at the end of the year here, they have this. Uh, they're trending down, and they go on this losing streak and. You know, you're losing by one and two on the road, so it doesn't look as bad. But I watched those games; like they were down twelve to nothing at St. John's on Saturday. You know, they're they're down. They were down the entire game. They were down, I think, as much as twenty at one point. And you know, they got it. They cut it down late. They were they had a chance to uh, tie or take the lead, and and Marcus Howard turned it over at the end of the game because he is maybe the worst 
ball handler decision maker at the end of a game I've ever seen. He's just terrible. He just dribbles into traffic and gets stripped. It, Sorry, it's, I, it I drives me crazy. I don't mean to laugh at your uh, your um, irritations, but. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Marquette. I, I expect them. I I think they're going to play in the play-in game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bracketology has them as a ten seed right now, which uh, the eleven. I believe it's uh. Yeah, there are 11 seeds that play in the playing game. Yep. Um, if Marquette loses their first game to Seton Hall, which I think they will, they're going to be 18 and 13. I still think that gets them in because they've got some quality wins. Um, you know, they beat Villanova. Um, they beat. Um, uh, I'm, so, I'm blanking on them. They beat. They had a couple of nice non-conference wins mm-hmm. earlier in the year. So I think they're still in the tournament unless they absolutely get their doors blown off and some. Weirdness happens in the next couple nights with these smaller leagues where maybe the top seed loses. Um, but yeah, I, this is this is this is shaping up to be a short run for for Marquette. <laughs> that, unfortunately, that's all you wanted was a victory in the NCAA yeah. tournament. I mean, I, I guess really, truly, maybe the best thing for them is that play-in game because they're going to play a like a like seated like record team mm-hmm. um, that's going to have a lot of flaws, but has got some nice wins. Maybe that's the matchup they need. And then you win that game. Then you go on and you play a six seed. And we've seen teams that play in that play in game, win a couple games in the tournament because mm-hmm. you know, you get some favorable matchups, but I don't know, man. I, uh, <laughs> I think Wojo's got some, got some questions to answer. Uh, going into next year, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him next year. Well, didn't you say they got a pretty good recruiting class they do. coming in? They so do. We'll see whether that makes a difference for next year. They've got conference tournaments we mentioned at the top of the podcast that um, are have been going on for uh, a week and a half now. And teams that have already punched their tickets, Utah State, Belmont, Winthrop, Bradley, Liberty, East Tennessee State, and, and Yale. Yale. Yeah. Um, and then we, you had the Horizon League game on as uh, as I came down here um, for the championship. Illinois, Chicago, and was it East? Was it Northern Kentucky? No, yeah, Northern Kentucky. Something like that. Yep. The number one, the one seed, right? State got beat last night. Right. So Colonial, Northeast, Summit, West Coast, and Patriot leagues all either tonight or tomorrow. And then the Big Ten starts tomorrow. When does the Big East starts? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow as well. Yep. ACC actually started going today. On, yes. So yep. going on today. and the Big Twelve, I think, starts tomorrow as okay. well. So the big ones will get going. Wednesday. I like conference tournament time leading into actual tournament time. Yeah, it's That's, fun. That it it, 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 it it really is. It's fun to be able to watch little day hoops. You know, if you come home for lunch and you can catch a little bit, or I, you know, mm-hmm. I have Thursday afternoons off, so that's kind of nice to be able to check some for games sure. out. Uh, favorite conference tournament? I saw you were you were tweeting today mm-hmm. uh, a lot of memories, so you can go you can go through this list. Of yeah, well, walking I just down memory lane. I saw some stuff on on Twitter today, some videos of some old stuff that that kind of got my nostalgia going. Start at the bottom because I the one I actually saw. Well, I, I I watched the Iverson and Allen clip that you played, and then the the, the Kemba the hot back three that he jumped back like three feet to train that at the top of the key was pretty awesome. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, that's the most recent one. 2011 Big East tournament, uh, Kemba Mania running wild. He uh, five UConn had to win five games in five days to even make the tournament, that, yeah. and they won all five, and then went on to win, win the, the national title. Um, but yeah, there was a the famous video of him doing the step back against Pitt in the quarterfinal, and the Pitt defender falls falls down like ten feet from where Kemba lands, and it's he's so wide open it was kind of embarrassing. Um, in, in 09, I remember watching this game, uh, UConn played Syracuse. I don't think it was the final. I think it was, uh, it would have been, it was Friday night. So it was the semifinal and they went into six overtimes. It's the craziest game I've ever seen. And there was like three times guys hit buzzer beaters in this game. It was just nuts. But I remember it didn't get over to like one thirty in the morning, and I had to work the next. <laughs> but it was like you know, once you get to like the third overtime, it's like I'm invested. invested. I gotta right. watch the end yep. of this. Absolutely. Um, yeah, ninety six. Uh, the the clip that you saw today um, was Georgetown UConn in the Big East Championship. Allen Iverson versus Ray Allen, and Ray Allen hits this crazy off-balance runner with, like, 10 seconds left to to win the, the Big East tournament and um, kind of made me yearn for the days of old when you had actual stars you in said, college and actual star college coaches, yeah. and the Big East was 
the best sure. conference in the country. Yep. Um, and then the last one that was uh, that was a fun one was Wake Forest, North Carolina in 95. Uh, Carolina had Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace, and uh, Wake Forest had a freshman, Tim Duncan, and they had a guard named Randolph Childress who just absolutely destroyed North Carolina that day. There's a famous clip of him crossing over a North Carolina guy. I think it was Dante Calabria and he looked and Calabria falls down and Childress looks at him and, and, and waves him like, come on, come on. And he gets up and he pulls up and buries a three on him for like his 38th point of the game. So um, I'm sure a lot of that stuff's on YouTube. If anybody wants to go back and check it out, but um, those are just some of some memories that popped into my head. I'm sure, you know, there, there's some good Badger ones, uh, with Bo Ryan winning a couple of those. And, uh, uh, but these were the kind of the historic ones that kind of stuck out in my mind. All right, let's move to the pros and go to the Bucks, who are still in first in the East, but they have now crept into double digit losses and they've dropped three in a row. They had a, a, a pretty bad West coast trip, four out of five, but, Giannis's injury and then the game in Phoenix then precipitated everybody. Like I didn't, I didn't watch the game last night because I can't. Um, till the end of the month, Sinclair made a deal with YouTube TV. Nice, come on, Brewers and Bucks. Nice, starting at the uh, at, at at the end of March. But um, I was looking at some tweets and somebody tweeted out the starting lineup, and I went, "What? Mm-hmm. What is what is happening? The wrong Antenna Kumbo was starting." Sterling Brown was the only guy really in there that normally gets a ton of minutes. And then um, I find out that Corver scored 23 off the bench. He rested their top six. Well, didn't rest. Um, Giannis was out due to injury, but top six scores mm-hmm. out. Just mm-hmm. giving them an extra day, wrap up the, the West Coast road trip, and get back on Thursday against Boston. Yeah, Bucks had a rough week. Um, you know, it started last Monday in Miami. Um, kind of going down there and laying an egg. And even the day before against Charlotte, they did not play well, but won. Um, then you had the big matchup on Friday night, which, you know, the mainstream media added again. Um, just, you know, giving LeBron James the the crown after a regular season game. Um, a little disappointed in Kornheiser saying that that was over on, on Monday. Well, he's, yeah, but he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about because he doesn't watch enough NBA to know. Um the Bucks did not play well Friday night. They did not shoot well. And you could tell that the Lakers really, really, really wanted to win that game. Um, I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis both kind of had that look in their eye that they, they were they were trying to prove a point. They were 0-2 against the Clippers and 0-1 against the Bucks going into Friday night. They really hadn't beaten the best teams. Um, so they did. Yeah, you know, and it's nice for them. Uh, they played well. They won the home game that they were supposed to win. I don't take any more or less out of it than that. Um, I've heard the the national media uh, say that LeBron shut Giannis down. I mean, I don't know. If, if 32-16-6 is shutting Giannis down, then yeah, okay. Um, he did guard him on a couple plays. That happens throughout the course of the game with as much switching as goes on. Giannis has to guard Davis for a while and LeBron for a while. That's asking a lot. That's tough, and he got scored on a couple times, but these are two of the six best players in the world. They're going to score. Right. You're not going to shut them out. Right. So um, in in that respect, no big deal. But uh, was it Sunday at Phoenix was very disappointing. Um, they gave up 47 points in the first quarter to Phoenix, who was a sub-500 team. Um and, and never up, played well. No, there. they never play well there. Phoenix actually beat them twice last year. It's just a it's a bad matchup. It's one of those weird things that you just really can't explain in sports, where a crappier team just has the better team's number. Yep. You know, um, so that was disappointing. And then yeah, last night total load management night. Yeah. Um, I think now the Bucks are fifty three and twelve. They would have to win their last seventeen games to get to seventy wins, which isn't going to happen. They're not going to try for it. So I think, um, especially now with Giannis with the uh, with the knee sprain that he sustained Friday night, which man, I was watching that. I thought the season was over. Yeah. Uh, when his leg bent up under him the Ooh, way that yeah. it did, and it was just like his toe got stuck, and it just his his weight. Pulled everything 
you know, back and his leg got caught under him. I thought he, I thought he blew his knee up. Did you Google what a minor capsule sprain was? Cause no. I have no idea what that is. No. Um, but he finished the game and he didn't look hobbled. And I think he was very sore and that's why they sat him against Phoenix. And I think if they had, I, I don't think he was going to play either way. I think, uh, y- you know, they're going to be overly cautious with him, which, which they should. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and, and you know what, Giannis may look at this now and go, "I'm not worried about the MVP. I've already won it." If LeBron James wants to play his ass off the last month of the season, then let him. Um, and I and I think the Bucks will probably be pretty on board, but they're not going to intentionally not play Giannis if he's, you know, if there's a chance to to do good things. But, no, but there's going to be some games down the stretch he doesn't play. Right now, aren't you focused on the playoffs? Absolutely. I mean, 100%. So if you got to miss some time, you got to be fresh so that, I mean, like you had mentioned a couple of these teams that they might see in the first or second round, they're going to be grinders. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a 4 nothing sweep, no. and they're going to meet teams that they're going to have to really play their ass off to try and beat it early on in the playoffs where most teams that are seated higher sometimes can just walk in, win four games, and take a breather. For sure. But you had mentioned that there's the potential that you're going to have some first or maybe second round matchups that are going to really take the wind out the of The first round will be a five-gamer at the most, but the second round, the conference championship, and then obviously the finals if they got that far. Yeah, those are six, seven-game series. They're going to be physical. The Bucks have the oldest roster in, in the league. Um, you know, Corver's 38. The Lopez's are over 30. George Hill's 33. Wes Matthews is Marvin 30. Williams. Marvin Williams is like 32 or 33. So they got some old dudes. Um, so you're going to see nights where um, Ursan doesn't play and Marvin Williams gets his minutes and Marvin Williams and Corver don't play and Ursan gets their minutes. You're going to see that now the rest of the season, which is the smart thing to do. And the Bucks have been smart all along. They've kept their stars' minutes low. I mean, Giannis and Middleton are barely playing 30 minutes, which is extremely low for all-star caliber players. But the 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 worrisome part for me with the Bucks right now was – uh, Middleton and Bledsoe were awful on Friday. And I like Chris Middleton, and I think Chris Middleton's a very good player. But he has had a tendency in some of these big games to disappear. And if they want to make the finals, he has to step up. Because Bledsoe has proven in the playoffs that he's not that guy. He's just not going to be a reliable second guy. Or even he can be your third guy sometimes, but sometimes that third guy might need to be Lopez, might need to be George Hill, might need to be DiVincenzo, who's been playing very well. But Middleton has to be there if this team has hopes of getting where they want to be. He was terrible the other night. He was like five for twenty. Um, he, you know, he got exposed a little bit. His his flaws were put on display, but they weren't anything anybody didn't know. But it's just, you know, with the year they've been having, you you expected and certainly hoped that he would be up to the challenge on Friday, and unfortunately he wasn't. And that's a little – it gives fuel to the fire for the, the cowherds, the Stephen A's, the people that are actively rooting against the Bucks. It gives them ammo to use against them and to support their argument that Middleton's not good enough, unfortunately. For- and, and, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care what no. they say. Right. But – that, if you're Middleton, that kind of sucks. Well, and not only that, but you have a chance to control the national conversation for people that aren't paying attention. Right. Those that those are the people that are influenced by those folks. If the Bucks go in that game and and lose 125 to 120, and Middleton had 28, and Giannis had his 32, people just go, "Man, that was a good game." Those are the two best teams in the league. But because he had like 13 and shot so poorly, everybody's going, "Oh boy." Is Giannis going to have to score 45 a game in the playoffs? Because that ain't going to happen. You already talked about the MVP race that's tightening up. The Bucks are back home Thursday at the five serve against the Celtics, and then Big Golden game. State comes in on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Big game on Thursday. They need a win. Oh, they, yeah, they, absolutely. They, they need a win. and This is their longest losing streak of the season, right? I would, yeah. It's in two seasons. It's the longest under oh, really? Budenholzer. They never lost three. In, well, they lost three in a row. They lost four in a row in the playoffs. Well, but playoffs, but not, not They didn't lose back-to-back games all, right. all of last year. So, uh, But the Boston one on Thursday, um, I would assume Giannis is going to play. I haven't heard differently. Um, so He's got a long time to rest. He does. So He does. Um, all right, let's switch to uh, our last topic, Major League Baseball. The Yelich deal went official last Friday. 
Um, and uh, that's a nine years, what, 215, I think. Sounds right. And, and the story came out last night slash this morning that there was a lot of deferred money, $4 million from 2022 to 2028 to after the contract, and that's per year off his $26 million salary, so... Um, it's a nice little deal. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I mean, we everybody loves Bobby Bonilla Day when he gets paid after his... He's been out of the league for how long? Well, Yelich will love Ball and, ball and Glove Logo Day because every, whenever he sees... When he's, when he's 44 years old yep. and he sees that in the mail, he's going to be rubbing his hands together like, Yelich is getting, my check. getting paid till 2042 <laughs> when he's 50 years old. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So, but I mean, it works out for both and it goes back to what we were talking about with, with, with players <laughs> versus ownership. It's like he, he took the money, he got enough. He, he staggered it out, so he gets paid after he's done playing, and it still gives the Brewers flexibility. I wonder if Atanasio had to clear it with his son since he'll be the one right. paying the bill. Exactly. <laughs> now know? this is going to be on you. Right. You're going to be okay paying this. Yep. Right. No, that's true. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, a win-win for everybody. One of my buddies brought up the fact that he was a little bit worried that Yelich maybe is not as confident in coming back from his injury last year and didn't want to test the market. Maybe he's thinking that he wasn't going to get as much. Well, he's two years away from free agency. I know, but taking this now rather than maybe coming back not up to par with what he was on his injury. And and, and I immediately shot that yeah, down I as well. Yeah, I don't think that has any, any validity. No. No. Okay. I mean, like I said, he's two years away. He's playing games right now. He's not right. hurt. He's, uh, I mean... But I mean, he was just worried that okay, if if the injury causes me not to put up the numbers that I've been putting, why up the can't last he just like years, Milwaukee? I, like, but no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not yelling at you. But I've seen, I've seen people say, but that's the that, national thing. Or why say, would I want to well, be you know, in Milwaukee? Oh, he shouldn't have taken a disc. Right. Why the hell can't he just like playing for the Brewers? Because apparently nobody likes Milwaukee, even people that live in Milwaukee. Jesus Christ! Maybe Atanasio's a great boss. Maybe they're. Maybe their strength coach, or maybe their plyometric person, maybe they're the best in the league. Maybe there's a hundred things that we don't know. Maybe he likes where he lives. I mean, I, I don't know. Come on, I know. I yep. Um, I haven't heard about shoulder issues for Lauer or Braun. So, do you want to touch on that? I haven't been looking well, in too deeply about. Yeah, it. they they said in, it was in the paper yesterday that Braun's had a little shoulder tightness and hasn't thrown, which was. Uh, for anybody that's followed the Brewers and Ryan Braun's career, that is code for, I fucking hate spring training. I'm only here because I have to be, and I'm not doing shit until I absolutely have to. Has it been it's that the, the last it, couple yes, years? it's old man spring training. Yeah. I don't need Ryan Braun to take at bats. I don't need him throw. The only thing I was a little, maybe he should do, maybe play a few innings at first. Right. If you're going to play for there. Sure. Um, but other than that, like, I, I don't I he's ready. What do they do when everybody else is playing games? Is he in the dugout? Is he available in case the you want him to uh, pinch it? I mean I think if sometimes, you're not playing, what well, are you doing? They have multiple fields down oh, there. Yeah, I so know. so they're he may he's be on another field single stuff for sure. On his own. Yeah. Oh, okay. A lot of times and I remember from I mean this was twenty five years ago, but I remember being down there and you know, the the big shots, they'd play the first two innings and then they'd leave, they would go home. They right. would leave. Shower, change, yeah. I'm out. So there, that they're, might they're be. They're not even in the ballpark. He might come in in the morning and get his work in and go home. I, I, I don't okay. know. So, right. uh, But, yeah, him and him and Lauer. Lauer, I think they said he had a shoulder impingement. Yeah. Which is, you know, basically a, a fancy word for a knot in your shoulder. Right. That's right. Um, So I kind of went through here. Oh, boy. Look at, wow. Look at you, Kornheiser. You was, and your legal yeah. pad over there. I was trying to come up with what I think the roster is going to be on opening day. Okay. I think it's pretty set. Okay. Um, right now, I got Kane, Yelich, Garcia, Braun, and Gamble in the outfield. All right. Infield, uh, Arcia, Hira, Holt, Smoke, Sogard, and Jerko. Sounds like Jerko is probably going to start at third. Okay. Um, Narvez and Pena are the catchers. Mm-hmm. Urias, if he's not on the DL, I think they'll send him to rehab. Okay. Um, but from everything that I've been reading and hearing, the plan going into the season before he got hurt 
he was playing short yes. opening day. And yes. RC was playing short opening day, too. It now, was just for the AAA team. RC got pissed and showed up to spring training has been playing out of his mind. So, obviously, with the group I just read, when Urias comes back, you're going to have a decision to make. Right. Um, Hira, Sogard, they're not going anywhere. I, Smoke, I don't think, is going anywhere because they want the left-handed bat at first. They just paid Brock Holt. Uh, they just signed him. I yep. don't think he's going anywhere. So, Arcia better be ready to go when the real season starts because he's going to have like a two-week trial run. For sure. And when Urias comes back and is ready to go, if Arcia is not playing well, he's gone. Um, Pitching-wise, I got Brett Anderson, Burns, Claudio, Hayter, Lindblom, Peralta, Phelps, Suter, Wall, Woodruff, Hauser, Grimm, and Ray Black. Knable's going to start on the DL, and it sounded today that Lauer's probably going to have to start on the DL. So um, a couple of guys right off the bat not going to be available. Um, There is a little question of there's going to possible last roster spot. They've got three guys. They've got Mark Mathias, who they got off waivers from Cleveland. He's an infielder. Ronnie Rodriguez, who they got off waivers mm-hmm. from Detroit. And then Logan Morrison, who was a non-roster invite, who is absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Yes. He has already told the team, I'm not going to AAA. If I don't make the roster, I'm, just release me. Right. Somebody else is going to sign me. So they got to shit or get off the pot with him. I think it's going to be hard to leave him off because he's a he's a outfielder and a first baseman. I mean, he had a season a couple of years ago with the Rays where he hit like thirty plus homers. So, um, especially given Milwaukee's it, first base it, issue, you know, for sure. And there's some intrigue there. His, I mean, certainly his upside is higher than these other two. Mm-hmm. These other two are just they're they're, they're just, Hernan Perez's basically they're guys. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I think I think things are 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 pretty well set up as we speak now. I think Ben Gamble's got some things to be worried about. Uh, he has options left. Um, you know, you, maybe Logan Morrison takes his spot and, and is a is a corner outfield backup. I don't know. Well, but I mean, it was great for him probably when they traded away Grisham, but then they went out and they signed. They got Garcia. The, yeah, the dude from the White Sox. Right. So it's like, okay, And then well. you bring back Broxton. Right. Who... Has done nothing really but strike out all some all all spring. That guy still, but he does bring you value because he is a very 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 above average fielder for sure. I mean, he's Gold Glove level yes. center, and to have, you know, if you can trot out him, Kane, and Yelich in a game in the ninth inning for defensive purposes, that's about as good as you're going to get in Major League Baseball. Um, but he's not going to be on the roster to start the season because he can't hit. So he he's one of those guys that in the last few years drove and it, with the team drove me nuts. Yeah, I mean, great when he's robbing good, good home guy. runs. I like yeah. him; he's fun and he and he runs things down yeah. in, in the gaps. But you put him up to bat and it's feast or famine, and more often than not, it's famine. So the the roster is shaping up interestingly. I really no, and you said it. Really, no surprises in what they've done. I mean, you know, Corey Ray is a guy though. When I was writing this out. I mean, right now the Brewers counting Braun. They're, I mean, you're like eighth on the totem pole right now. Him and Tyrone Taylor, mm-hmm. like those guys were high draft picks. Especially Ray, he was first round pick, yeah. and he had one hit this spring, and it was a homer. He was like one for twenty five, and in you know you got drafted because of your bat. This should be the time when you're overperforming. So, I mean, these guys now are kind of getting to the point. I think he's like 25, 24. So, like, you're kind of getting to that point where a team's got to be like, okay, <laughs> like, we're paying you a lot of money because you were a high draft pick, mm-hmm. but you can't make our roster. I don't know how much longer they're going to do that with some of these guys. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm kind of starting to dig into it now. Mm-hmm. As we're getting closer to the season, I'm 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 ready for opening day. As long as uh, I'm allowed to go and don't have to <laughs> stay home, wear a gas mask, that's and right. sit in the wear, parking lot or wear something. Wear a hazmat suit or something. Christ. that's right. <laughs> freaking believable. 
All right. Well, we we covered some ground today. Kind of a um, kind of our most random show I yeah, think we've had in a while. That's okay. I mean, we we usually we did really dive deep. We went deep into the Corona, man. Yeah, and and it's it's <laughs> tough because I. I mean, I listen to. I mean, our our local show here, and and every topic seems to be a lead with the coronavirus somehow weaved in. Yeah, and it's just something that I am I am very very exhausted about, despite this apparently not peaking just yet. So yeah, just everybody calm down. Just calm down. I mean, we saw, I saw today. There's two people in Dane County that got it. Yep, and three students in, over near Milwaukee that go to Cardinal Stretch are being quarantined. Yeah. Not diagnosed, just quarantined. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. What did I see a just tweet relax. that said, you know that now that this thing has reached Iowa, we're all fucked. Well, what college kid going into, like, spring break wouldn't want to go, I got it, I got to go home. Right. Of course I have it. I guess you have to send me home. Send me all my assignments. I'll write all my papers from my bedroom. That's right. Yeah, and spring break's coming up. Hey, football players, you got to lift at 6 a.m. In, in in March. Ah, got that corona. <laughs> I said on the air today, speaking of football, uh, one of the six Badgers who aren't going to compete in spring practice, one of them's Caden Lyles, saw a Chick-fil-A on the west side last, oh. last Wednesday night. Didn't see how much he was eating, but he was moving just fine. Yeah. Well, Maybe not going to play spring practice enough for it, but... Everybody moves quick for Chick-fil-A. A couple of big badger linemen enjoying their, their Chick-fil-A there. I bet. <laughs> I All bet. right. Uh, that's the intentional foul for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading. Tell your friends. We're, uh, we're, we're done with the high school hoop season yes, now. So we will have a little bit more energy. Are you gone next week? Are we gonna? That's going to be our last show, and then you're out? Uh, yeah, I'll be here. Okay. Yep. All right, so we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.